The Vexation of Barney Hatch, Part 3. Floating on a cloud of anticipation, Barney Hatch walked out of the department store and into the street. There you are, said the small boy, rising at his elbow. Barney leapt and came down quivering. The boy took hold of Barney's coat and gave it a good sharp tug, endangering a vital button. Come on. Scram, said Barney. You got me mixed up with someone else. No, I ain't. Barney stopped in his tracks and stared down at the top of the head that needed a haircut. Who do you think I am? Santa Claus, said the boy. He knew he shouldn't have asked. He couldn't even figure out how the kid had been able to spot him without his beard and his furred suit. He said, look kid, I saw your friend Santa Claus just a minute ago. He's in the store. You can go back in the store and you'll find him there under the tree. That ain't Santa Claus, said the boy. It is so, said Barney indignantly. It ain't. All right, it ain't, thought Barney. But Santa Claus is up at the North Pole. You don't get into town nowadays. Yes, you do. Listen, said Barney. You're making me very nervous. Go away or I'll call a cop. He looked up the street in a threatening manner, and his eyes lit on the happy sight of a fine specimen of a Santa Claus halfway up the block, standing by a phony chimney and ringing a bell. Barney put a hand on the boy's shoulder and gave him a fervent push. There's your Santa Claus up there. See, I told you, you got the wrong guy. That ain't Santa Claus. Jeez, said Barney with some passion. Can't you get a new record? Makes you think the guy up there ain't Santa Claus. Because you are, answered the boy. Barney shook his head hard, feeling life getting complicated. Then he had a bright idea. He surrendered suddenly. Okay, he said, so I'm Santa Claus. How'd you guess? The boy shrugged. I don't know. I just did. Well, it was real smart of you. Sort of anonymous, you know. That means nobody knows I'm in town. He put a hand on the boy's shoulder, and the boy squirmed away. Now look, son, that, that guy in the store, the one that's wearing my costume, well, he's one of my special assistants. Yeah? Yeah. Well, he, he handles the musical instrument side of the business, see? So you go back in the store and you tell him I sent you and everything will be okay, oh, see? No. What do you mean, no? The boy said stolidly. You promised me my harmonica last Christmas, and I didn't get it. I've waited a whole year. He looked up suddenly. I've got to get it this year. I've wasted a whole year and I could have been playing. You promised me. Barney's voice rose. I wasn't even around last year. The boy just looked at him. In the patient way children look at grown-ups who make silly remarks. Barney began to feel haunted. A man might as well try to get a wad of chewing gum out of his hair as this little squirt. For a moment he toyed with the idea of turning tail and running. But there is nothing that attracts a policeman like a running object. The situation required something more subtle. Barney heaved a sigh. <sighs> okay, how about your ma and pa buying a harmonica for you, he said hopefully. The boy's eyes slid sideways, and for just a second Barney was sorry he'd asked. There being so many homes in the world where stockings never hang at Christmas time. I, I didn't bring no harmonica with me this trip, he said crushingly. You're out of luck this year. You can buy it. The mere suggestion of parting from any cash caused a cry of anguish to rise to Barney's lips. He said in one outraged defiant breath, See here, you, you're too old to believe in Santa Claus, and furthermore, there ain't no Santa Claus. And then he waited stoically for the expected broken heart. It failed to materialize.
The boy nodded calmly. He said, Like you told me, you have to be anonymous. He called it anonymous, like something a cat would be watching for. Barney sighed heavily and stroked the end of his nose. He was not an expert on harmonicas, but he was pretty sure you could buy one at a dime store toy counter. Take away one dime from his cash in hand, it would leave him with 347, only two cents short of his ticket to Christmas Day. If he couldn't make a two-cent touch in the next couple of hours, he deserved to be read out of the panhandler's club anyway. He sighed again. All right, he said glumly. Where's the nearest dime store? The boy started to say something, and then changed his mind. He took Barney's hand, not in the least trustingly, but plainly to prevent his escape. And they walked down two blocks, and one over, turned sharply into a grubby side street, and stopped in front of a store. Hey, said Barney. This was no dime store. This was a kind of store Barney knew inside and out. A pawn shop, and not a classy one. Its fly-specked dusty windows were piled high with objects as miscellaneous as a junkman's dream. Old tired medals on faded bits of ribbon, an alarm clock with no hands, a china lamp with a cupid base, and dirty blue ruffles, a handful of painted brooches, a snuff box with no lid, a silver mug inscribed 1887 to 1907. A stuffed and lopsided owl. There, said the small boy. There by the owl. Barney looked. A beat-up, tarnished harmonica lay in a satin-lined box. The lining had been red, once, but the sun through the window had faded it to a pink like a raspberry stain, and there was a big dent in the side of the harmonica. It looked like a long time since anyone had played it, or wanted to. A connoisseur of old age and unwanted objects, Barney figured a quick guess that the harmonica had been laying there five years was a weather-beaten shipwreck washed up on a pawn shop beach. Junk, like really junk. Barney looked down at the head just under his elbow. Is that what you've been yammering about? The head nodded. Snow was pressed against the windowpane. I told you about it last Christmas. That was when you promised. Barney bit the tail off an expletive, calling down a justified imprecation on some previous hired Santa Claus who must have been throwing out promises like confetti. He stared at the harmonic and worried the tip of his nose. It's hard to know with pawnbrokers. This one might charge as much as a quarter. Hmm. Been there a long time, he said. Wouldn't you rather have a nice clean harmonica from the dime store? The small boy said scornfully, They're just toys. This is a real one. <laughs> real like his Santa Claus was real. Two pieces of junk. This is awfully old. Been there years. Don't hurt it, said the boy. Not if it's a good one. He moved back from the window a little unconsciously cupping his hands as though the instrument already laid in their grubby palms. The most the pawnbroker would possibly charge for the piece of junk was 50 cents. Now, 50 cents was an awful thought. 50 cents was outrageous for a skinny piece of music-making tin. But on the other hand, the essence of a pawn shop was bargaining, and no one knew this better than Barney Hatch, who in his day could have bargained a sparrow out of its beat in the gutter. Starting at 50 cents, he would begin to work downward. You know, the dent in the harmonica, the dust, the years it had been there with no one wanting it, the tarnish, even the pathetic satin lining of the box. Mentally, Barney talked the price down to 35 cents. Now, 35 cents was still too much. At 35 cent level, he would begin to apply sentiment. Well, it's Christmas, ain't it? 
There's a little boy who believes in Santa Claus. And here's a moldy old harmonica, no good to anyone taking up space. No class to a piece of junk like that. Make it 20 cents. We'll take it off your hands. 20 cents. Huh. That was the sky. All right, said Barney dismally. Pushed the boy through the door. <laughs>